to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. number of things to get to, but before I get to a few uh, news stories that occurred throughout the week that I want to revisit and sort of dive into a little deeper, and then a, there's a very interesting email I received from a listener, too, regarding the Binax COVID test that uh, apparently children are taking in their child's school along with others, I'm sure, and the fact that that entire test has been recalled by the FDA. So we have schools using old FDA uh, unapproved now recalled tests to test children and probably staff members to see if they have coronavirus or not. And uh, the email is hilarious and packed with a ton of facts, so I definitely want to read that. But before I do, I wanted to revisit this one little comment I made in the last episode. And I put this out on Gab, too. But I, 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 I failed to read the remainder, uh, remaining, po- remaining post, I should say, of the, of the Instagram of the uh, former actress Angie Harmon, who, by the way, of Law & Order fame from back in the day when I was in college, and um, she's a UNICEF ambassador. So I find it interesting that somebody hasn't told Angie Harmon that UNICEF is one of the largest child trafficking organizations that exists in the world, but, you know, details. So there's that. Um, but under her post that, that was made on August 25th, and this is worth diving into again because it really does, um, it, it shows a much bigger problem in particular among alleged adults. And it shows how deep the brainwashing really goes and the juvenile behavior that exists among a great deal of adults, which is too bad. Um, But I should have, what I should have done on the Instagram post, of course, because I'm not on Instagram, so I don't know all of these little details all the time. But um, I should have clicked the more button under her first sentence where she wrote, quote, finally got vaxxed with some of my faves to hold my hand. And it's a picture, I believe, of her daughters and maybe, I don't know, a son or somebody. Um, But they're, of course, younger than than she is. But I forgot to hit the more button, which meant she had more to say. And unfortunately, here's what she had to say. She said, quote, and yes, I understand some of you don't believe in the vaccine or even the virus dot dot dot. I can assure you it is a very real thing and I don't want it ever again. I'll do me, you do you. Thumbs up, heart, pray hands. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag grateful. Hashtag F-A-E Fay. I don't even know what that is. Hashtag Framily. Hashtag COVID vaccine. Oh my. Okay. So Now, I'm mentioning this again, and this is the last time I'm going to bring this up, because if I spent all the time talking about these former celebrities, quote-unquote, and um, their opinions on things, lacking all sense of fact, that, that would be its own podcast, and I'd be wasting my time, and your time as well. I wanted to break this down, though, from a sentence structure standpoint and a word usage standpoint, because again... Almost every word used here shows that she's completely brainwashed. And so, of course, are the people around her, because we know that that's typically the way that it works. 
that um, echo chambers exist and that people of like minds tend to hang out with individuals of like mind and so on and so forth. So again, finally got vaxxed, she said, with some of my faves to hold my hand. Again, that would imply that someone convinced her to do it, which would probably be her own daughters who look like they're college aged. Um, And like I said last time, late in the game, August 25th of this year. I mean, holy hell. All that time to look up what what it's doing to people and come to grips with what it's actually doing to people. And again, they're all wearing masks standing in a pharmacy. But to say the following, and yes, I understand some of you don't believe in the vaccine or even the virus. False equivalency. I've brought it up dozens of times on this podcast, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. You cannot have it both ways. Someone is wrong. Someone is wrong. A person who is unjabbed standing next to a person who is jabbed. One of them is right, one of them is wrong. If a person says, I understand some of you don't believe in the vaccine or even the virus, as she has said here. Believe in it. What does that mean, believe? Believe in the vaccine. We're not talking about beliefs. We're talking about a poison and what it actually does to the human body. And then, again, I can assure you it's a very real thing. I don't want it ever again. By it, she's referring to, quote-unquote, coronavirus. So she's already had it. And then she got the vaccine jab anyway. I mean, I, uh, yeah. She's gone. I mean, that kind of mentality. You know, I, I, I met one person a, a, a number of months ago, a few months back, who... They were a salesman, and they were telling their story about how they had, quote-unquote, COVID, or what people are calling that, of course. And they're saying, well, I had it back in January or February, and I, and he, I mean, he looked at, he looked at me, and he goes, uh, you know, and us, was with other people, and they said, oh, I swear to God that uh, I must have got it, you know, probably back in even December. I mean, it was weird, but it was definitely not the flu. It was, it was, it was super awful. But I'm I'm a whole lot better now, and well, you know, months later, I I decided to take the the vaccine, so you know, I won't get it again. And I thought to myself, no, no, that's not how it works. It doesn't work that way. You don't get sick with a thing and then get a vaccine afterwards. This, of course, not being a vaccine, and then get it afterwards, and then somehow that's going to make you feel better. Again, her quote here, and I don't want it ever again, and then finishes it with, I'll do me, you do you. Again, very juvenile language. I don't know adults that speak that way. I'll do me, you do you. That's a very childish, um, you know, please relate to me. I'm, I want to be a hip adult around kids kind of, kind of lingo. No one says that. No, no mature adult says that. And again, false equivalency. You cannot have it both ways. So she doesn't understand the basic biology of, of a human body, number one. And then again, number two, 
I'll do me, you do you. No, no. If someone doesn't take it, there are lots of reasons why. Lots of reasons why we're not taking this. Death being one of them. That's, that's, you know, that's the primary reason. So again, I'm going to drop that subject now. I just wanted to bring it up. You know, these, these virtue signaling posts that these people make are not virtuous. It's cowardice, it's stupidity, and it's brainwashing. And it's awful. It's awful to watch. The enti- her entire family is going to become very ill. She probably wanted grandkids at some point in her life, maybe. Not going to happen now. Along a host of other things, even if they make it that long. It saddens me. I mean, it really does sadden me. But this right here is how strong the mob mentality is around plunging a needle into somebody's arm for a free cheeseburger. It's that kind of thing that just baffles the mind. But if you understand evil, then it shouldn't shock anybody. Okay, enough of that. No more Instagram posts from uh, washed-up celebrities. Okay, this first one. Uh, Totopolis, if I'm saying that right, Totopolis, Illinois School District confirms five students in isolation for hours as punishment for protesting mask mandate. This comes from the Gateway Pundit. I'm going to make this quick. Um, in their policy, it's highlighted here toward the bottom of one of their policy pages, and it says, isolated timeout, timeout, and physical restraint other than prone physical restraint, may be used only if the student's behavior presents an imminent danger of serious physical harm to the student or to others. And then it says, other less restrictive and intrusive measures have been tried and have proven to be ineffective in stopping the imminent danger of blah, blah, blah. And then it gets cut off. The, fa- the father of one of these children actually came to the defense of the school for isolating their child and then criticizing people for criticizing the policy and criticizing the school and assuming that their child didn't want to be restrained for three hours in a, in a room either by themselves or with a few other people. My point with this story is very simple and I'm going to read the father's post here in just a second. I assume it's the father. Um, it's Stockholm Syndrome. That's, that's it. We're talking about full-blown Stockholm Syndrome. We're talking about individuals defending their abuser. And there are a lot of them. I just came across another video where a guy is sticking a mic. He's in the UK, and he's sticking a microphone inside the windows of some cars that are driving by, and he's asking them about the new UK rollout where children uh, age 12 and up now have to get jabbed to attend public school. Of the four or five people he, he asks, only one of them, a father, says, oh yes, um, I think it's important that, that children get jabbed. All the other ones were very hesitant and they went, no, I don't think so. No, I don't, I'm not going to do that, no. And then they were asking, well, why not? And they were providing just sort of these very soft answers. It wasn't real hard, knowledgeable answers. It was sort of this soft, passive, passive tone. The interesting part was, is in that video where the parents said yes, you know, that they think children should take it and, and they encourage, they're going to encourage their children to take it and have their children take it. You can see in the back seat behind him, 
a girl with her head down, with her hood over her head, kind of with her hand over her mouth, shaking her head no. It's a sad situation. But here's what this parent said to sort of come to uh, both their child's defense and the school's defense, and it is the father. It says so in the first line, quote, I'm the father of the kid in the picture. I don't know what the experience of the other kids was, but my kid was only in that room for three hours. The rest of the time, he was in a larger room with the other kids and didn't want to wear masks. He and I both knew there would be consequences for refusal to comply. The principal, Mr. Beck, called me that morning and let me know that my son would not be allowed to attend class. I acknowledged this and asked if my son was being respectful during his protest. So they were protesting and then they came back to the school and whatever. Or they were just protesting in the school with not wearing masks. It continues, uh, he replied that he was, that he was, and that he did not like this any more than I did. My son had his phone on him and we were in contact with one another the entire time. While I have my own opinions about mandates, I will not let false headlines go uncontested. I will not have my son used as a marketing tool for anyone's agenda. If I have a problem with the school's actions, I will take it up with the school and not the World Wide Web. The people on the school board are my friends and neighbors. The teachers, students, faculty, parents, etc. are my friends and neighbors. To take the focus off where these mandates came from and route them to our local schools isn't fair. Our, our, Our board voted no mask until half the students signed a petition saying that they would wear the masks if they made life even a little more normal. If you want to be mad, be mad at ISBE, which was appointed by J.B. Pritzker, who finally punished your children enough to get them to succumb to their wishes. Please delete this post or correct the headline, or for God's sake, talk to someone before reporting it. So they make good points. I'm not denying that. And yes, the governor of Illinois, Pritzker, is a tyrant. That goes without saying. But again, to uh, it's, it's just a confusing one. It's a confusing one because you st- if students are filling out a petition and saying, we want to wear masks if that lets us go back to normal, again, false equivalency. There's no such thing as wearing masks and going back to normal. You cannot have that. Not to mention, why on earth are students advocating or influencing policy at the school board level? That's absurd. That shouldn't be happening. Again, I don't know too much more about this particular incident other than to say the parent should have come to the full defense of their child and should take a stronger stance against the school as a result of the mask mandates. It it blows me away why they continue to sympathize even a little I mean, even just a pinch with with the very people that are abusing their own children. It just continues to show, I think, the level of brainwashing, and it really is sad. It's just sad. And again, they're probably saying, hey, look, again, the school board's being bullied. It's not their problem, blah, blah, blah. Well, why on earth, again, why on earth are students allowed to submit petitions that help influence mask wearing and help influence the board? It's, it's awful. Again, when you, make, when you allow children to make policy, you get childish results. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. It's the same thing over and over again. Here's another one from a couple of days, uh, a couple of days ago. Also, uh, th- this came from Michigan. 
absolutely hilarious and tyrannical all at the same time. Um, this comes from michigancapitalconfidential.com, titled Gaylord School Official Brought Armed Officers When Ordering Students to Mask Up or Else. A Gaylord Community School official brought two armed sheriff's deputies into a school when he confronted high school students who were refusing to comply with the district's face mask mandate. The armed officers stood behind the school official as he threatened the students with immediate suspension. Oh no, not suspension. You mean I have to go home and, oh, I don't know, read a book and watch Bit Shoot and play in the yard and, oh, I don't know, do other stuff instead of come here? No, not suspension. That's the funniest thing about school discipline and school policy. It's not really discipline, is it? Someone gets suspended for two weeks or for a week out of school, you've given them a vacation. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It's hilarious that they, you know, that old, God, if I had a nickel for every time I heard this as a former school teacher um, or as a school teacher when I taught, I would have a bag of nickels. Every single time I heard a teacher or an administrator look a student in the face and say, if you do this, I'm going to write you up. If you do this, I'm going to do this. And then the student just looks at them and smiles. They just look back and smile because they want to be sent home. And then they just play sort of the game of attrition, so to speak. And before you know it, um, the student gets exactly what they want and they've played the teacher or they've played the administrator like a fiddle and they have no idea that they've just been played. I think it's hilarious. Um, it continues, and it says, quote, A video of the incident was posted on Facebook on September 11th. It shows a student sitting in what appears to be a school cafeteria asking that the deputies leave, which did not happen. As of September 13th, the video has been shared 9,600 times. The school district and the Estego, if I'm saying that right, probably not, County Sheriff's Department did not respond to emails seeking comment. Of course they didn't. So let's go down to the comments section, shall we? It says this, quote, the first comment says, what's next? Maybe a few public hangings in the gym? That's very funny. I like that. The next one says, all those kids need to walk out and have their parents sue the schools for intimidation. And the person below that says, and coercion. And then the other person says, good luck winning that lawsuit, and so on and so forth. Other people are again calling for the heads of the people who run the school. Enough is enough. Don't take this tyranny. So on and so forth. No kidding. No kidding. I think I put it out on Gab. I said all they have to do is just keep showing up. Just massive amounts of students, in fact, all of them, they all communicate online anyway over their phones. Just organize someplace, create a, you know, create a, oh, a, um, I don't know, a telegram channel or a, a, a gab group or something like that. All get on there, and then before you know it, all decide that you're not going to wear masks. And all of you show up. What are they going to do? Are they going to arrest all of you? Are they going to suspend the entire student population? I'd love to see them do that. Force their hand. Make them shut down their own school building. That would be great. That would be absolutely hilarious. Or just keep showing up not wearing a mask. And I think I said it on Gab too. Just use the building as warmth. It's just a warm place to go and use a free bathroom. And Not that you have to pay for the bathroom, but you get what I'm saying. Just keep showing up and doing what you want and see what they do. The fact is, is they're not going to arrest you for not wearing a mask. They can try. 
they can probably say it's disorderly conduct, but are they going to arrest the entire student population? Of course not. Of course they're not going to do that. I love it, though. All right. We all heard about this one, too. The Hudson, Ohio mayor who asked the entire school board to resign after kids told to write a sex scene, or um, which I believe also included uh, cartoon pornographic books, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm going to read this very quickly here. It comes from, looks like, meow.com. M-E-A-W-W dot com, if I'm saying that right. Hudson, Ohio, quote, Hudson City Mayor has demanded the resignation of the entire school board. He was angry that minor students in the school's liberal arts two writing class were asked to write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom. During the school board meeting, Craig Schubert said, it has come to my attention that the educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography in the classroom. He added Monday, September 13th, I've spoken to a judge this evening and she's already confirmed that. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. Either choose to resign from the Board of Education or you will be charged. Now here's what's happened, and here's what's probably going to happen in the future. The only thing that should happen is they should find the teacher who did this and fire them. That's it. That involves a local investigation that by law has to go to the state, and then the state will put sanctions and ultimately eliminate their teaching certificate. That has to happen. That's it. Not complicated. Pretty straightforward. As far as the principal goes, the principal principal basically apologized and just said, we're so sorry. We need to take a step back and pay attention to what's going on. and We need to make sure that uh, we know exactly what materials are being taught in XYZ. Fire the teacher. Fire the teacher. It's, it's simple. It's straightforward. Is that happening? I don't know. Haven't gotten an update as, as I'm recording this. I have no idea. Because, again, look at it from this standpoint as well. If a student had shown up with pornography or a student had been advocating for a pornographic activity, what do you think would have happened to that student? We know what would have happened to that student. It doesn't even, it doesn't even require me mentioning it. There are rules against it and so on and so forth. So there would have been consequences. But again... For a teacher to be able to do such a thing, or even an administrator to maybe know about it or not, I don't know, but the likelihood of such an assignment existing with no one else knowing about it except for the, except for the teacher and the students in that classroom, <clears throat> very uh, slim odds that that would be the case. Very slim odds. Someone else knew what was going on, in particular in a quote-unquote English creative writing class or whatever it was. Um, someone else knew that was going on, and it's probably not the first time it's happened either. So, yeah. Just a couple of education stories there, to say the least. There's one more, which is worth mentioning too, and this was tossed to me on Gab by, by an individual who will go unnamed, but follows me on Gab, I follow them, and we communicate back and forth about local issues. The Cincinnati public school system is considering making the jabs mandatory for all of their students, 12 and up. When, when the largest Midwestern or anywhere school districts are attempting to jab minors, 
knowing what we know about the jabs and what they're what they're doing to people have done and are going to do to people everybody should understand at this point that it's not about education health or safety it's about murder that's what this is about now it's about it's always been about that but it's it's about straight up murder cuz they're continuing to push these plans forward as if we don't exist as if we don't know what's really happening and it wouldn't matter again how much evidence you show them it wouldn't even matter well you take these you'll be sterilized if you survive which you won't but if you did long enough to reproduce you can't reproduce so there's that but if you were to show them this evidence whether it be the school boards or the health departments or whatever they're closed door systems they want nothing to do with you again no different than me showing up at the school board meeting and telling telling them that their school will close in the future because they're jabbed what did they do about a week or two later a few weeks later that same school district claimed that wearing masks was the reason that they don't have very many covid positive tests that the masks must be working that's how that's how stupid these people are they're so stupid that they actually think that the jabs work, that the masks work, and we're just going to stay masked because that's keeping our testing low. They're giving their children, I mean, they're not their children, they're giving their students cancer. They're giving their students a low level of oxygen. And it's really sad, by the way, because every now and again I'll turn on YouTube, and because I, I watched that entire school board meeting that I attended in its entirety from beginning to end, now I get the occasional sort of algorithmic update as to what's going on in that district. And on a daily basis, they put up their morning announcements and their sort of TV, TV production class up on YouTube. And it's sad because they're all wearing masks. Everybody's wearing a mask. And then they have footage of a teacher wearing a mask and then the footage of the same teacher not wearing the mask as they're standing next to each other. So which is it? False equivalency. The masks are so important that we have to wear them all the time unless I need you to take it off and then we can talk. It's absurd. These people can't get away with these kinds of crimes. They just can't. They can't get away with the child abuse. So speaking of child abuse and uh, false tests and crimes, I'm going to read this email, and it's absolutely hilarious. And again, this was sent to me by a listener who will go unnamed. It says the following, quote, As you are aware, PCR testing for the SARS-CoV-2 virus is not reliable. However, we don't hear much about the rapid tests, such as the Binax. The school has basically implemented a, a Gestapo testing protocol this year to avoid having to require a jab or remote learning. What they didn't realize is that they have created an issue that will exponentially de decay within itself. If a kid tests positive for COVID, the school uses a specific measure to determine who was in quote-unquote close contact as all those students get tested. With the faulty tests, it is about certain one of those students will test positive. Then the school has to determine who that student was in close contact with, and so on and so on. You can see how a school of 400 students can lose itself in this madness quickly. In fact, day after Labor Day, and the school is already blown through all its tests. They continued and said, I feel very bad for those families buying tests weekly at $15 to $25 a pop, and then on top of that, never knowing if they will ever really 
have a positive test. Madness. Now, I'm going to interject here real quick. Months and months ago, and I want to say it was maybe the month of May, if not the very beginning of June, the Binax test was supposed to be pulled off of the shelves because the FDA recalled the entire thing because it's fraudulent. Um, it even says, as he later points out, that the w- within the actual directions from the FDA regarding the Binax test, that it doesn't that it openly states, "quote test does not identify any difference between SARS-CoV or SARS-CoV-2 virus, as well as it doesn't address whether RNA the RNA protein." that is really tested for can identify the SARS-CoV-2 protein separately from the vax uh from the V protein. So I'm going to keep reading this email, but I brought this up again on an earlier podcast episode months and months ago. I even put it out on Gab the second that um the FDA recalled it. So we have American schools taking a fraudulent test forcing their staff members and students and possibly administration to take a fraudulent test. Many of them are falsifying the test on purpose because they don't want to keep buying these things. The flip side of that coin, which is a hilarious coin to flip, and then it gets really sad on the other side of that coin, is there are parents actually doing this on a day-in, day-out basis. You know for a fact that there are countless parents and teachers that are spending copious amounts of money going to Walgreens or wherever they go where these tests exist, and which, by the way, after I saw that it was recalled, there was a stack of them sitting right next to the front cash register at my local Walgreens. And I thought to myself, why are they not in the trash? They don't work, and the FDA has recalled them. But that just shows you that they don't even know what's going on. So there, you, you have parents consistently buying these and wasting, again, a ton of money. They're not cheap. They're, again, 23, 24, 25 bucks at least, plus tax. And they don't work. So I got online because I wanted to see exactly what has to happen with this test and what's exactly done. The directions for it are also ludicrous, and the entire thing takes at least 15 minutes to do. So, again, you've got parents testing their own children with a false test, believing it's real when it's not. The brainwashing, again, is becoming generational now. And that's not new. But now, they're even training their own children to start testing themselves with something that isn't real, that doesn't do anything. And they're all believing it does something when it doesn't. I mean, it is, um, it's, it's too many layers deep to actually figure out at this point beyond just calling it brainwashing, uh, you know, haphazardly on a day in and day out basis, but it's absolutely nuts. But again, the directions for the test are absolutely absurd. Wait 15 minutes. And then if one of these lines shows up, then they test positive. If one shows up, then it's negative. And then there's four different things that can also occur that show the person who's taken the test that the test doesn't work, which is absolutely hilarious, I think. They're saying, oh, by the way, there's all these other things that indicate that the test is faulty. And then what do they have you do if the test is faulty? And one of those four things occurs. It says, contact our customer service or our technical support, they say. What's technical support going to say? 
technical support is actually going to run the, the, the brain dead parent who's done this to their child over and over again through a series of instructions and then ultimately arrive at the exact same conclusion regardless of the scenario, which is you're going to have to go back and buy another one. In fact, we recommend that you go back and you buy at least three and then test them at least three times. And the parent's going to go, uh-huh, I should do that. 75 bucks down the toilet, but no, I need to do it, you know, because COVID. They'll do that. That's happening. They're wasting, again, tons of money believing this lie. Blows me away. Uh, He continues to state, quote, Anyways, to my point, upon doing some research about these rapid tests, in particular the Binax, I came across the FDA instruction sheet for the Binax test. The FDA has has one on each rapid test brand. What I found in these instructions in terms of information and disclosure was astounding. Below is a link to the instructions. And yeah, the instructions are nuts. Um, And then it says again, in short, two or three times within these instructions, it is stated that, quote, I already read this, but I'll read it again. Test does not identify any difference between SARS-CoV or SARS-CoV-2 virus as well as it doesn't address whether the RNA protein that is really tested for can identify the V2 protein separately from the V protein. He continued and stated, With the above from my elementary mind, I cannot see how any, of the, how any result of the test can be valid for determining the existence of SARS-CoV-2 or V2. In my, if my conclusion is valid, I find it incredible that I haven't heard from anyone I listen to, frontline doctors, five docs including Tenpenny, etc., um, Dr. Brian, artists, etc., address this glaring issue with these tests being used everywhere. Your thoughts are most appreciated. And then they said this. They wrapped up by saying this. I responded back, and I told him, yeah, you know, I brought this up a while back, that the test was fraudulent and that it was recalled by the FDA, but they make an excellent point. The five docs aren't talking about this specific test. Tenpenny, I didn't hear, I haven't heard her bring it up. And yeah, and again, the frontline doctors, you know, bless their hearts. Um, you know, every now and again, I'll see, for example, a tweet from Dr. Simone Gold, and I'll say, oh, that's interesting. Too bad that's three weeks old. Too bad the story that she's bringing up is three weeks old. I mean, we're talking about war here. We need intel that is on the ground, immediate, as fast as possible. Not a tweet that gets bounced around with thousands of likes and thousands of upvotes about something that happened over three weeks ago. I mean, let's get on with it here. So, anyway, I agree with him. These individuals need to bring up these faulty tests, and the Binax in particular. Because, again, schools are using them. So, like I said, I responded. Um, And then they replied back and they said, thanks so much for responding and certainly please use my information as you see fit. They said, for your enjoyment, I have included below the current protocol decision tree for handling anything COVID. They said, funny thing is this is the current version of the tree before the close contact decision tree allowed children to stay at school only if they were vaccinated. But someone squawked loud enough to get that poll based on discrimination. So now, to stay on campus, they have to test for seven days straight. It was a shame that this school, for $15,000 a year, did not at least ask the parents what they thought of the protocol before just sending it out, resulting 
an egg on their face to change the discrimination. My God. And, and that brings up another quick issue. Make sure, again, that you are talking to your children if you're sending them to these institutions about what to do in these particular situations. I mean, set up scenarios for them and then, again, have them provide a logical response. That, again, it'll always send a chill up any, any school official's spine when you say, when a child looks them in the face and says, I'm not doing that, you need to call my parents or I'll call them. I mean, if you say that, it's it, panic will ensue and it's fantastic to watch. But definitely give them scenarios and then things to respond given those scenarios. So that's essentially it. Uh, they did send me this visual, which I'm going to describe because it really is creepy as to um, how they make their determinations as to who, you know, who's, who tests positive, who's been tested, and then what they're supposed to do. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to do my best to describe this. It's a Venn diagram. So we're talking circles and lines with scenarios. Yes, no, and then you move in this direction and X, Y, Z. So you have three circles on the left-hand side all stacked on top of each other, not touching one another. And the first one says at the top, your child has been exposed to COVID. And then there's a horizontal scenario of what needs to happen. The one below that says your child tests positive for COVID. And then there's one horizontal line and one scenario. And then the one below that says your child wakes up, goes home sick. And then more scenarios. So the one at the top, your child has been exposed. This is what they circled. If your child has been exposed to COVID, the next step says, moving from left to right, was the exposure close contact? Question mark. And then they define what close contact means on the far right-hand corner here. And it says close contact is within six feet for a cumulative of 15 minutes or more. The school will notify you if the close contact occurs on campus. If anybody, you know, if me reading this gives anybody the sense that they're testing people for gulags, then yes, that's exactly how you should interpret this because that's what's going on. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. <clears throat> it continues and it says, of course, yes or no, based on was the exposure close contact? If it was and you answer yes, then it says, do you want your child to continue on campus learning? And then it gives you a yes or no option. If you say yes, then your child may remain on campus and complete a rapid test each day for seven days. So they're going to continue to give them an FDA recalled fraudulent test. If they say no, they don't, want to, they don't want their child to continue on campus learning, then you have two options. Your child may return on day eight with a negative rapid test day seven, or your child may return on day 11 with no test. Again, it's free, it's free vacation. It's constant vacation. Remember the days when if you missed five days or even less as a, as a school student without a doctor's note, you were, you were suspended or you had to make up the days during the summer? You had to go to summer school? Now they're just giving students 11 days off. No, I don't want my, I don't want my kid to get tested. Well, then they've been around somebody who's had COVID. Well, then they need to stay home for at least 11 days. They may return on day 11 with no test if you don't want them to get tested. Again, playing the system here is about the easiest thing that a person could possibly do. 
If parents really wanted to have fun with this and just jerk these schools around by the neck, they could do it all day long, and the students could do it too. They have no idea they're using a fraudulent test. They have no idea that they're being lied to. They have no idea that students and parents and their parents could easily lie to them about anything. Yes, I tested him this morning, and he tested positive, and oh God, what are we going to do? And then the whole family goes on a week vacation. I mean... That's happening. It has to be happening. When, when you look at this Venn diagram and you see how stupid the school is and the moves that they're making and the, the fraudulent decisions based on fraudulent tests, why not manipulate it just for fun? Why not have a little fun with it? Um, in that same vein of your child has been exposed to COVID in the first you know, Venn, Venn diagram path here, uh, if the answer was no, that they were not exposed to someone with close contact, then it says no action needed. Monitor your child as usual. Daily testing available if desired. And I love how they say monitor your child if uh, as usual. Government is telling parents to, you know, monitor your children. Make sure to monitor your children. We're government. We're really the parent. We want to be the parent. You're incapable of being the parent. So monitor your child. The next section says your child tests positive for COVID. This is the next big circle. And then there's just one dash over and it says 10 days in quarantine. Return on day 11 if symptoms improve and fever free for 24 hours without meds. It can, and and uh, here's the last one, the, the, the very last sad circle of this horrific Venn diagram. It says your child wakes up and goes home sick. Do you want a rapid COVID test? Yes or no? If you say yes, then it says, if positive, see your child tests positive. If negative, see below. And then, of course, it's 10 days of quarantine if they want a rapid COVID test. If no, keep your child home until 24 hours after symptoms resolve. If symptoms do not resolve within 72 hours, your child will need a negative, probably a negative test. And it gets cut off right there. It's, it's laughable. It's absolutely laughable. American schools and American colleges are using fraudulent tests to test their, their students. And as we know, ladies and gentlemen, a test is a case. So when they say we have 50 cases, we have 50 cases of COVID, that means 50 numbskulls have decided to take a fraudulent test and turn it in. That, that's what that means blows me away. Absolutely blows me away. Now, I want to play some audio here from Dr. Bhakti, if I'm saying his name correctly. And I've been listening to this excellent, excellent man for a very long time here. And he's taught me a great, great deal. Um, but I want to play this. It's about a four-minute clip. You'll hear a number of different individuals throughout. And he explains a number of different things. Then I'll come in at the end and, and kind of mention a couple of things about it. So here we go. The truth is there are excellent medicines, safe, efficacious, cheap, that, as Peter McCullough has been saying for months now, will save the lives of 75% of the elderly with pre-existing disease. And that reduces the lethality of this virus to below the flu, even in the elderly with pre-existing disease. Now you take that and think about it. 
and go to those doctors and authorities in Great Britain, go to Boris Johnson and slam it on his table and say, what do you say to that, Mr. Boris? I want to set out our plan for managing COVID this autumn and winter. Those vaccines are working. We've seen the extraordinary vaccine-induced falls in deaths and serious disease. I mean, if the BBC really has, has the brazenness saying, you know, no, this is rare. And that guy who just dropped dead, he dropped dead because some other buck came around and killed him, but it just happened. This happens, you know, in life. Oh, but if this guy has a positive PCR test, although we all know that this PCR test is lying 90% of the times, the BBC will go, oh, another case of the variant coming up. We have to keep this vaccine madness going. And you believe it. We're now motoring ahead with the booster program, a third dose six months after your second dose. And so that's going to mean we're going to be building even higher walls of immunization, of vaccine protection. You know, there are literally five million uh, more people who could get a vaccination uh, and uh, who haven't yet done so. And those are the people that I think we should be encouraging now uh, to uh, to come come forward, get get your jab. Uh, it will be good for you. Are you trying to force us to get vaccinated? If so, why? Or don't you know of the dangers of these vaccines? If so, why not? It's your damn duty to find out. Same with authorities. Same, by the way, with the BBC once the great British Broadcasting Corporation. Now, Boris, or Bill's Broadcasting Corporation, shame on you, shame on you. The result of this vaccination campaign is that we have one of the most free societies and one of the most open economies in Europe. And that's why we're now sticking with our strategy. You British, you belong to the most honorable, cleverest, most educated people in the world. How can you keep on believing this? I mean, the, the, the truth is shrieking out at you, that you are being lied to, that you are being forced to do something because by doing this, someone else is gaining a terrible lot. You are going to lose everything. You're on the way to losing everything. We are confident in the vaccines that have made such a difference to our lives. And we're now intensifying that effort, offering jabs to 12 to 15 year olds on the advice of the chief medical officers who've given that advice based on the health, well-being, and educational prospects of the children themselves. Some will never recover. And now they're starting to vaccinate children. Boris Johnson. BBC, vaccinate the British children. You know, this is criminal. Do you know that you are now witnessing the greatest crime that England has ever committed in its history? Because what they're doing now, they're doing to their own people, whereby the knowledge is there that should stop them. It's there. Again, at this stage of the game, if a person is still asking the question, why? Why is this happening? Why are they continuing to do this?
why are they not reading this? Why are they not seeing this? Why are they implementing this policy or that policy? Why are they forcing this on this person or that person or this age group or that age group? If you're asking the question why, then you're not going to know. You have to get past that question of why. Because we know why. The listeners of this podcast know why. It's about depopulation. It's about murder. It's about criminality. It's Freemasons. It's Satanists. It's blackmail. It's money. It's murder. That's why. Those are the whys. It's all of that wrapped into one. And it's a person or a group's inability to again wrap their mind around why all of those organizations and all of those people would be working together to actually lie and and kill people. It's difficult to comprehend for a great many people that such a nefarious thing could actually occur, even though it's occurred countless times in history. People still want to believe, though, that all of those organizations, and they don't even know of many of them, but they think that their television or their news channels, that there's no way that they'd lie to them. There's no way that these politicians would lie to anybody. If they suggest that they do something, then they have our best interest in heart. Again, if a person is still thinking in that wavelength, that person has an ability to be saved and helped. But if they refuse to question anything, and they've actually gotten themselves now to the point where they're jabbed and they're blaming the unjabbed for the way that they feel and whatever else, that person is gone. And those people are gone. And that's a very, very sad state of affairs. But there's certainly not going to be any walking up to Boris Johnson and laying the facts in front of him and getting him to change. These are tyrants. Again, they are controlled. They are blackmailed. They're making their final plays here. And we're seeing what their final plays are. It's going to be interesting to see how many people actually continue to comply. And many aren't, nor should they. And watching that part of it occur is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Watching people not comply, push back, and then do so in masses means that what they're doing is working. What we are doing is working. And we got to keep it up. And we can't stop. So we keep pressing forward. And that's how we win. That's how we win. So have a great weekend, and I'll catch you Monday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.